Podcasts are pretty common. So what makes the Uncommon Podcast uncommon? Well, it's all in our name. I'm your host, Noah Weiss, and we at Uncommon Sports Group understand the unique pressures and temptations that come with a career in the sport industry. We provide uncommon training that helps you successfully navigate common challenges. Hit the follow button on this podcast. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Check out our website and become uncommon. USG, what's going on? Welcome back to another episode of The Uncommon Podcast. I'm Noah Weiss, as always, your host, and I'm excited to talk through what I think will be an incredibly valuable and applicable topic today. And if we're honest, we've all wavered in our passion for our Christian faith. In some seasons of life, we're on fire for Christ, but in others, it can feel like homework to even open up the Bible. This is what I like to call Christian burnout. And what I would like to do in this episode of the podcast today is provide you with an understanding of why you might be experiencing burnout in your walk with Christ and how you can avoid having burnout with Jesus in the future. So what I'll do is go through four ways you are most likely losing your passion and experiencing burnout. But first, I want to dive into some scripture. John chapter 20, verses 19 through 20. I think this will give us a good baseline to understand the rest of this episode. And it says, On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. And the reason I chose this passage and to give you guys some context is in this moment, right, in the, in the verse 19 portion of this scripture here in John chapter 20, the disciples are in the moment of Jesus has died. It's Saturday, right? It's the second day and they are afraid, right? They are like, oh my gosh, I believed in this guy and he was a liar, right? And so they are afraid and, and they are fearing for their lives, locking themselves away from the Jewish leaders. But when Jesus comes, when the person of Jesus comes and they see that he's risen on the third day, they are overjoyed. And so that leads me into my first point. The first way that we can lose passion and experience burnout as followers of Jesus, and that is if we focus on the principles and forget about the person. If we focus on the principles and forget about the person we will lose our passion and experience burnout. And so what do I mean by that? You know, that might be a confusing slogan there. So let's start with the scripture, right? When the disciples were locked in the room, right, with fear of the Jewish leaders in verse 19 of John 20, they still had everything Jesus said to them. I want you to think about that. The disciples and and the ones that eventually would write down their accounts with Jesus, who remembered everything he had said, were in this moment afraid, even with the teachings of Jesus, right? What they were missing in this moment was the person 
of Jesus. And so this is really the foundation of what I want to talk about with this first point is that if you don't have the person of Jesus, if you don't have the true king, the living risen savior, all you have are principles and teachings and and that's not enough to sustain us through the adversity of life and, and especially in the Christian life. And if we analyze the Pharisees and and Jesus as we well know, was not a fan of the Pharisees. If we analyze the Pharisees, this was the key problem with them. This is one of the things that Jesus most disliked about the Pharisees is they had tradition. They had principles, they had rules, but they did not know God personally. And so their faith was bottled up into a lifestyle, into rule following, into status, but not into an intimate relationship with the God of Israel. And if we really look and analyze Christianity, it did not, did not have its beginning at the birth of Jesus. We often think that, right? Jesus came into the world, boom, Christmas, Christianity, it all makes sense. But that's not the case, right? Christianity had its beginning at the resurrection of Christ. And Paul the Apostle, as we well know, uh, who was firm in his faith, he writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 14, he says, And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. Our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. And so if we don't have the person, if we don't have the resurrected Savior, Paul is saying, everything you're doing is worthless. Every principle, every lifestyle, every teaching, it's worthless. And one thing I want to note, too, is if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, if Jesus didn't rise on the third day, if he was just killed and dead like everyone else, he is nothing short of a lunatic. You can't run around town claiming that you're God and saying all these things and not accomplish what you said you're going to do, right? It, It leads you to be a lunatic. And so if Jesus hasn't been raised, we don't have the principles because what he said wasn't the best way to live. It wasn't truth, right? But we do know, we thankfully, right, it's it's a historical fact that Jesus rose on the third day, and we can know with confidence that what Jesus said had credence. And so we cannot replace the person of Jesus with traditions, teachings, and principles for good living. And if you really process the church, the glue that holds the church together is not a set of principles or teachings, but it is that historical event of the Son of God rising from the dead on the third day for the forgiveness of our sins, and that now, because of what he has done for us, we have a relationship with that person. We have a relationship with that person. And I'm not here to say that the principles don't matter. The principles and the teachings of Jesus still do matter because of the person. They, they must coexist, right? You can't have the principles without the person or else you do experience that burnout. And so I want to encourage you as a listener, right, as someone who is potentially facing a loss of passion or burnout, that if you've replaced principles and lifestyles and teachings and traditions with a person of Jesus and following Jesus, you will lose that passion. All right, secondly, the second reason that we lose our passion and experience burnout, and boy, this one is, I love this one. It's tough and it's going to be convicting, so, so be ready. It's tunnel vision. All right, the second one is tunnel vision. 
Tunnel vision is a common reason behind a loss of passion within a Christian. And what I mean by tunnel vision is a fixation, a focus, an, an intense focus on one particular biblical issue, right? And, and at first you'd be like, oh, I don't do that. I'm, I'm not somebody that focuses on certain things. I try to bring the whole Bible into scope. You're a liar because we all have a fixation on certain issues, especially in the culture we live in today when there's so many hot topics and hot button issues that scripture addresses and often it's countercultural. And so we have this fixation on, on various cultural themes and sin behaviors and ways to live as a Christian. And in that tunnel vision, what it actually does is it causes us to be standing so firm on this issue that we actually ignore the way that Jesus would often approach cultural issues or, or sin behaviors. And, and a good, good example is in John chapter 8, verses 1 through 11, in the example of the adulterous woman, right? The Pharisees were, were fixated on this woman's sin behavior. They had tunnel vision that they could not have compassion on this woman. They could not see beyond what she had done. And that fixation led them to have a desire to stone her and to test Jesus. But what Jesus did is, is Jesus reminded them that everyone has sin. He said the first, or the, excuse me, he said the person without sin be the first to throw the stone. And everyone left because they knew that they also too had sinned. And Jesus at the end says, woman, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. So Jesus neither accepted her sin and approved of it, but he also didn't condemn her. And so tunnel vision, right, leads us to lose a passion because we stand firm on an issue and we stand firm on a principle, but we fail to stand firm on the person. And so how can we evade tunnel vision? How can we stay near to the person and, and stay away from tunnel vision? And, and what I would say is these issues do matter, right? Sin behaviors do matter. The ways we should live as followers, uh, followers of Jesus, it does matter, but it's not the most important thing. And so what's more important is doing what Jesus said, two greatest commandments of loving the Lord your God and loving others as yourself. And so think about yourself in a scenario where maybe you're struggling with a sin behavior or maybe you are, are, are trying to understand a cultural issue against what the Bible says, and it's a, it's a challenge for you. How would you want to be treated by someone who's mentoring you or guiding you in that answer? And so uh, tunnel vision is, is such an, a black hole of we can get so fixated on these things and on these cultural issues and on these sin behaviors and on this one passage of Scripture that we lose sight of what really matters and why we follow Jesus. We don't follow Jesus to be right. We don't follow Jesus so we can prove ourselves in politics. We don't follow Jesus so we can condemn others. That is not what he was here to do. It's not what we're here to do. We follow Jesus because he has given us grace. He has given us mercy. He loves us, and we want to share that same grace and mercy with those around us. So tunnel vision is the second way you can lose your passion and experience burnout in the Christian life. Okay, the third way that we can lose passion and experience burnout in the Christian life is elitism. Elitism. 
And this one is, I would say, one of the most uh, subconscious ways that we lose our passion. And I'd be willing to bet that none of us would openly uh, admit that we struggle with this um, because it's something that we right away would say, oh, no, 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 I'm not an elitist. I'm not a Pharisee. I'm not one of those people. But I want to challenge you as I walk through this. I want you to think about your journey with the Lord. I want you to think about uh, your walk uh, with Jesus and, and do you have a, a level of elitism? And so what do I mean by elitism? Is I mean that we replace Jesus with principles and teachings, as I mentioned earlier, and we begin to put ourselves on a pedestal above others who maybe are young in their faith or do not believe at all. We think that we have earned our way to a level of status in the Christian life or in the church because we have chosen to live in a certain way. or We've been sanctified in a certain way to where maybe we don't struggle with certain sins or certain things that other young Christians or non-believers might. And I want us to analyze what Jesus says here in Luke chapter 20, verses 46 and 47. He says, Beware of the teachers of the law. They like to walk around in flowing robes and love to be greeted with respect in the marketplaces and have the most important seats in the synagogues and the places of honor at banquets. They devour widows' houses and for a show make lengthy prayers. These men will be punished most severely. Now, it's no secret, uh, if you've read the Gospels before, you know that Jesus was not exactly a fan of the Pharisees. And if I was to pick out one reason of why Jesus was not a big fan of the Pharisees, I would say it's because they had a false sense of self-righteousness. They had a sense of pride in their actions, in the way they lived. They truly believed that they were better and, and sinless and more deserving of God and status and honor within Israel because of the way they chose to live. And so I think you know, Jesus being the Savior, coming into this world to bring lost sinners to himself, he realized how detrimental that prideful stance actually was. Now, what we can do with elitism is that we can rely on performance. Just as the Pharisees did, they relied on their performance, they relied on their traditions, and they relied on their status to have relationship with God. And, and that's kind of that's going to kill your passion pretty quick. I'm going to just be honest with you because, one, we cannot perform to the level that God has uh, called us to, right? He says in Matthew chapter 5, Jesus says himself, unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees, you will, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. And the crowd upon hearing that is going to be like, oh my gosh, I'm nowhere near the Pharisees in my righteousness. Therefore, I will never be righteous enough for the kingdom of heaven. And Jesus is like, exactly. That's the point of me saying that because I am the only way, right? And so our passion is going to be quickly dwindled because we're like, I can't do this. I've been trying. I've been striving. I've been doing everything I can to live this perfect life, yet I can not. And if we believe that our works put us ahead of the pack or that those who are not as obedient are somehow lesser, we're going to lose passion once again because we're not loving people. We're loving ourselves. And that's not the call of the Christian life. That's not the path to peace. That's not the path to joy. And Jesus says it's better to give than to receive. And, and when we're self-righteous, all we do is receive. We, we, we receive uh, glory on ourselves and we don't give that back to God. And so elitism, elitism lacks passion. And I also want to point out too is, you know, a big question that 
a lot of non-believers or young Christians ask is, you know, why did Jesus flip the tables in Matthew chapter 21? I mean, it seems like that's like an outburst and an outrage and sinful anger. And, you know, I think the reason that Jesus did that was once again, because of elitism, right? Because what the, the temple had turned into is a place where if you didn't have enough money, you could not get right with God. Because people would go to the temple to purchase animals for sacrifice, and they would sacrifice to cover for their sins or for things they'd done. But the prices became to the point where poor people and, and people that are in the lower status of society could not afford these sacrificial animals. So Jesus was upset by that, of course, because ultimately Jesus wants to give us access to God. That's why he came. That's why he's here. And that's what gave him passion. And our passion is wow, my, my God has grace and I have this relationship with the Savior and a restored relationship with God and that's where my passion must lie and that's where my passion must be derived from. It can't come from our works. And, and often what we do is we project our principles and teachings as the highway or on-ramp to a relationship with God. And, and we make people think that in order to reach our stage of spiritual maturity, there's work to do, right? Like, hey, man, like, I've been walking with Jesus for 10 years. Like, it don't come easy. But it's like, man, like, what? Yeah, it does. You just, you just accept Jesus by faith, Ephesians 2, right? It is by grace through faith you've been saved, not by works so that no one may boast, right? That's what it says in the scriptures. And we have to remember, are we welcomed into the family of God by our merit? Absolutely not. And so there is not a level of status and elitism in our Christian faith. And I'm telling you guys, I want to encourage you, look inwardly. Where have you maybe believed falsely that you are better, that you are more deserving, that you are uh, at, at a level uh, or a stage in your spiritual life that others need to, to work for? Because that's elitism, and that will kill your passion and cause burnout. And so the, the third way that we lose our passion, as I, as I stated, is elitism. And the fourth way that we can lose our passion and experience burnout, this is the final one, the fourth and the last one, that we can lose our passion and experience burnout is through knowledge. Now I want to preface this. If you've read the Proverbs, you know that knowledge is valuable. And I would never just disagree with that. I think knowledge is important. I think knowledge is what often leads us to God, right? If we don't have knowledge of the gospel, how can we accept it? So knowledge is valuable. But here's what we can do. We can remove ourselves from the person of Jesus and run to knowledge. We can take the person of Jesus away and we can create a Christian academia as the center of our faith. We, we can have a theology that is solid, but if we lack the person who our theology is about, we no longer have passion. We no longer have joy, and we no longer have the root of our faith. All we have is knowledge. And Paul, right? Paul is, is a, wise, a wise man, and when he speaks in Scripture, we know it's from God. And so 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1, he says, Now about food sacrificed to idols, we know that we all possess knowledge, but knowledge puffs up while love builds up. Knowledge gives us pride. Knowledge gives us a sense of elitism. Knowledge can give us tunnel vision, and knowledge focuses on principles rather than 
the person. Instead of the goal being to know Jesus more through our knowledge, our goal becomes to know the most, to be the most knowledgeable, to have the most scripture memorized, and, and to think that, man, if you haven't read the Bible cover to cover, do you really know God? And boy, is that a dangerous place to stand? Is that a dangerous place to be? And I wanted to say it again, the Bible is a relational tool to know God. It's not simply academia. There's a lot of textbooks out there, a lot of textbooks, but there's only one book that has been breathed out by God, and that's the scriptures. And the reason we have it is that we can know God. And in John chapter 5, verses 39 through 40, Jesus says, you study the scriptures diligently because you think that in them you have eternal life. These are the very scriptures that testify about me, yet you refuse to come to me to have life. So what were the Pharisees doing? And Jesus is in this verse, just to give you some context, is talking to the Pharisees. He's saying the Pharisees were searching the scriptures for knowledge, which they believed would give them life. But he says, you refuse to come to me for life because I give life, not knowledge. Knowledge puffs up. Knowledge makes you think you're better. Knowledge makes you think that you know more and that you somehow deserve things from God more when you don't. And it loses and it kills your passion. Don't allow knowledge to kill your passion because it will. Knowledge is empty. Knowledge is, a, is an empty well. And Jesus is a well full of water. And I want to say this too. The scriptures only matter to the degree it points you to the person of Jesus. If the scriptures have become academia, pride is a promise. But if they point you to the person of Jesus, it will change you. And it will give you a passion because you're learning about the person. And Jesus, once again, in Luke chapter 11, verse 52, said to the Pharisees, Woe to you, experts in the law, because you have taken away the key to knowledge. You yourselves have not entered, and you have hindered those who are entering. What's the key to knowledge? God, Jesus. You take that away, all you have is academia. And friends, ladies and gentlemen, academia does not give us life. Academia is simply something that will give us pride. It'll give us a sense of self-righteousness. It'll give us a sense of self-glory. And so don't use the Bible simply to have knowledge. Don't allow your theology or, or your longstanding uh, relationship with God that has given you greater knowledge allow you to believe that somehow that is where you'll find passion and joy because it's not. It's in the person. It's in the person. And so... I want to encourage you guys just with one final thing. All of this that we talked about are things that you will certainly fall into in your Christian walk and most likely have fallen into already. And so this is not to condemn. This is not to say, hey, you know, if you have tunnel vision, if you have principles over the person, if you have elitism, if you have knowledge that somehow you are a bad Christian, that's not at all what it is because we all do it. We're human, right? We have a sense of pride and we want to be right we want to have that one issue that we're focused on, our tunnel vision. I'm going to be right about this, or I feel like I'm a better Christian because I haven't missed a quiet time in 365 days, or I know so much about theology and the Trinity, like I'm a better Christian. We've all done that. But I just want to encourage you that you can have passion in the person. You can have passion in knowing why did I follow Jesus to begin with? Is it because I had knowledge? Because no, I didn't have knowledge at the beginning not because of an issue or tunnel vision, not because of elitism, not because of principles. It's because of a real living 
person named Jesus, who's God in the flesh, came into this broken earth. He lived perfectly. He went to a cross. He was nailed to that cross. He faced judgment and wrath from God on our behalf. And he was risen on the third day, and he lives now. And he's offered us new life by accepting what he's done for us, believing in him by faith, and his grace covers all of our sins. That's why we have passion, because our God loves us. Our God has given us compassion and grace, and he calls us children, and he gives us an inheritance for his kingdom one day in eternity. And so the reality is we've all been through these seasons where we lack passion for Jesus, and we lack that passion in our relationship with him. My hope, my hope is that you are encouraged today by the fact that you can avoid burnout and lack of passion. You can choose to cling to Jesus as opposed to the principles and the teachings. And God bless you all, and we'll see you next time. If you want to get involved with Uncommon Sports Group and the mission that we are on to help you navigate the sport industry as followers of Christ, apply for our academy on our website at uncommonsg.org. That's uncommonsg.org. Be sure to catch new episodes of the Uncommon Podcast every other week on Thursdays at midnight Eastern time. Until next time, we pray that you will strive to be uncommon by glorifying the name of God in whatever you may do. See you next time.